Happy Friday morning to you. I hope you're hungry. We have the Barbecue HQ show on right now with Andy Griffin and Troy Paul. We talk barbecue today with the owner of the Barbecue Pit Stop, Troy Paul. The Barbecue Pit Stop is located at 300 East, just behind Napa Auto Parts, just off the boulevard. You can call the Barbecue Pit Stop at 435-429-7174. And now it's time for the show. Here's Troy Paul and Andy Griffin. Good morning and welcome to the Barbecue HQ show with Andy Griffin and Troy Paul, or I should say Troy Paul and Andy Griffin, because it's really your show, Troy. Oh, no, it's always your show. I'm just happy <laughs> to be here. <laughs> it's great to be here. Obviously, one of our favorite topics of all time is grilling. Uh, and it's not just meat. We'll talk about that a little bit later mm-hmm. in the show. Not just meat. You can grill other things, too, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, meat is kind of our favorite. Yeah, so, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Man cannot live by bread alone. He's got to have meat with his bread and some sauce to dip it in, right? Yeah, that's doctrine. <laughs> anyway, Barbecue Pit Stop is located just off the boulevard, about 300 east. If you turn at Napa Auto Parts, it's right back there behind uh, Napa Auto Parts. Every once in a while, he'll have uh, some high-voltage barbecue back there. But mostly it's a place, your one-stop shop for anything to do with barbecuing in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we try to make it a place that people can come and improve their barbecue skills and the tools that you need to uh, improve your barbecue, and that's our that's our goal. One of the things I like about your place is you can go in and having never barbecued in your life or maybe just thrown some hot dogs on a grill, or you can be someone that's a competition barbecuer. Barbecue Pit Stop kind of has something for everybody, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we have people come in. Honestly, sometimes they'll come in. They won't purchase anything. They just come to get advice. Hmm. And that's perfectly fine with us. We want to talk to you. We want to talk yeah. about what you've been cooking what worked, what didn't work, and upcoming cooks, and here's the tips that you're going to need to knock it out of the park next time. I know we like to start off our show talking a little bit about some of the some of the smokes or, or cooks that we've done. Mm-hmm. Have you done anything fun lately, Troy? Yeah, you know, I'm always cooking, but what I wanted to talk about, I want to talk about a cook that I didn't even do myself. Oh, okay. This was one of my employees, Kyle Whitesides, Kyle? that works at the store. Young fella. Yeah, awesome, awesome kid. Um, he knows this stuff, too, um, but... What he did is he cooked a bunch of uh, drumsticks. So we, they were on sale, and so we got a bunch of drumsticks. Yeah, you get a big thing of those for like five, six bucks. Yeah, yeah. it's super cheap. And one of my favorite things um, to do is what he did is he cooked them all differently. Oh, really? Well, he smoked them all on the same sort, but he put a different seasoning on each of them. Really? And so huh. it's what I love to do, especially with chicken, because it's almost like a blank template that you're working with. You can really taste the flavor of the seasonings you put yeah. on. But he did... Uh, you know, a dozen different drumsticks. Um, Do you leave the skin on different on all ways. Those? Yep. Okay, yep. skin well, on. Left the skin on, just different seasonings. Did and you find a favorite out of all those? There was one that you really dug? or There there was, and it's one that I've had before. I know that you like it, but the uh, Luton Booty Jolly Roger. Yeah, that's my favorite, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it, it looks weird on chicken because it, it turns it black. black. Yeah. But, man, it's just that garlic jalapeno flavor. Yeah. It, for me, that stood out. We had a few other people yeah. that tried them and like, oh, no, I like the Rockin' Rooster or some other ones. That's fine that they were wrong because the <laughs> Jolly Roger was the best. <laughs> yeah, they were wrong. <laughs> Clearly on, on a flavor preference, they were wrong. I did, uh, and I want to ask your advice on this because I, I did a brisket last weekend. I tried to do it Texas style, which is basically kosher salt, black pepper, and then a little bit of garlic. I don't know if Texans do that or not, but I threw a little garlic in. Mm-hmm. I cooked it overnight, smoked it overnight on, on the yoder, had the temperature probes in, kept a close eye on it all day long. But I got to the point, and, and I know this is something I've always had a problem with, the flat was at 202. Flat mm-hmm. was done. Okay. The point was still 180. 
Mm. And so I'm like, all right, what do I do here? Do I, do I cut them and separate them? Do, I, I was really at a quandary. And so I decided this time I was going to leave them both on. I'd let the flat get a little too warm. It's so, so the point got to the where it was about done. Problem is, you guessed it, I pretty much burned the flat. It was it was tough and, and a little burnt. I did sure. I did rest it for an hour, but I just yeah. it was I've done brisket maybe five times in the last year and this was the worst of the five. Mm, yeah. Brisket, it is tricky. It's and an art it, form, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and so don't get discouraged if you if you have a fail even after you've done it many times before. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best brisket cooks anywhere are still going to have a brisket that they'll tell you, that one didn't turn out right. Yeah. Um, the, the last one that I did, I think I'd mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show, that it wasn't my favorite brisket that I've done either. And maybe that was the piece of meat. That's what I like to blame it on. Yeah. And uh, ah, dang piece of meat. It was, I did get it at a cheap local grocery store. I got it pretty cheap. So. Yeah, and, and not that that's going to, you know, make it terrible because I've had great briskets from, you know, cheap grocery store sure, sale prices sure. as well. But yeah, but every brisket is different. Mm-hmm. And so some of them are going to cook a little bit different between that flat and the point. They usually do. They usually come back together by mm-hmm. the time you're done. Sometimes really? you can rotate it. In your cook, so if you see that maybe one half is getting done a little bit quicker, you can turn the brisket basically backwards. Yeah, and so sometimes separating them is is a decent way to go on that. It's not the funnest way to go, but it, and you wrapped, I imagine, too. Yeah, wrapped okay. it in butcher paper. This and butcher time. paper. Okay. I had actually ordered some butcher paper. I should have bought it at the barbecue pit stop, but I was oh in a pinch. Oh my goodness! I know. I'm sorry. You're I'm sorry. Killing but, me, Andy. Uh, I fell for one of those Facebook ads. You know how that happens sometimes. So, but I've learned my lesson. I will. I will okay. Well, there's your there's your problem right, right there. The wrong stuff. Yep. You're right. So it wasn't like I said. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it's brisket. It was good. It was good meat. It's just it was a little tough around the edges, and it was a little too salty. And uh, the salty part was perplexed me a little bit because I didn't over, I didn't feel like I oversalted it any more than I would have anything else. But it was pretty salty. The um. one bright thing about the whole thing was I put them in the crock pot, put some of it in the crock pot, and had brisket tacos the next day and it, they turned out really good so yeah that's that's the thing that's why i did my last brisket too is i i didn't love it you know and everyone else today it was like oh this is amazing whatever else but at least by my standards it wasn't where i wanted it to be um but they were great brisket tacos the next day <laughs> yeah and so yeah, that's always a good way to go too real quick question uh you know we always talk about smoking and obviously this is shows for people who smoke but also people who grill uh, i've always grilled you know the old the old burgers on the propane grill right the burgers and, and hot dogs mm-hmm. is there a way to smoke the like a hot dog just buy some all beef hot dogs and, and stick them on the smoker will those turn out okay yeah 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 okay yeah they're gonna be great it's the right. burgers and hot dogs both of them actually take smoke pretty well and they'll give you just a whole different level of flavor mm. on the simplest things i mean you can go get your cheap bar s hot dogs really and 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 make them just a bit better there. I mean, it's not what I prefer, but, but yeah, throw in some hot dogs on, on your uh, smoker for sure. That's gonna be that's a great way to go. All right, good yeah. advice for us. Yep, just give yourself a little bit more time. Kind of makes everything better, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, it seems to. Yeah, that's well, one thing you gotta love about smoking is if nothing else, then everything smells good. Yeah, true. <laughs> 
And, and you know, we, I, I mentioned it right at the start of the show. It doesn't have to be meat. I mean, we've talked about on this show queso, uh, mac and cheese, uh, but and, and I think you've even briefly mentioned desserts, and, and that mm-hmm. always was weird to me. Do I want my cobbler tasting like smoke? But mm-hmm. they don't have to, right? Yeah, and so the, the idea is with a lot of these cookers, uh, uh, there's of course there's the gas grills. That's obviously not necessarily your low and slow option right. generally. Right. Um, I mean, you can do ribs, you can do things on your gas grills, but um, usually we're talking about smokers mm-hmm. when we talk about those long cooks. Um, but there's so many different ways that you that you can cook and different types of food to cook um, vegetables. I know that for you and I, that's not one of like our go-tos necessarily. <laughs> I, did, I did do veggies for my wife last time I smoked. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people come in them, and but they, I smoked them. <laughs> they love them. There's, we have a thousand different rubs to help vegetables. Even, even vegetables that's taste true. a little bit better. And so there's a lot of different ways to go. But what I wanted to do today is I wanted to go over some of my top tips for like beginners for beginners for guys like i was just a year ago yeah yeah and, and and really even if maybe you've been doing it for a while then this can be reminders for you um but i do think that there's um, little nuggets of information that um if you're getting into it hopefully we can reduce some of your trial and error time where so, yeah. you're, you're not having to fail as much or as or as badly when you know, try a few of these different tips. So we'll rewind a few years for you and a, and a couple of years or a few months for me. Uh, back to beginner's time. Okay, I'm new. All I've ever used is a propane grill. Give me some tips, Troy. I need them. Okay. Tip number one. Cook to temp, not time. Mm-hmm. This is one that comes up all the time. And anybody that's been barbecuing knows uh, your favorite question to get asked is, when is this going to be done? How long is it going to take? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How long is it going to take? People are coming at such and such a time. Will it be done by then? Yep. Exactly. And while those are important things to consider, you can't just say, well, it's done when it's done. Um, there's some truth to that also. It's, yeah. it, it cooks at its own pace. And if you try to fast forward that cooking process, turning up the temperature or the different things, then you might affect the results of your meat. Uh-huh. But the most important thing is if you're just getting into it, you have a brand new smoker, you get a Traeger or whatever it is, then if you know your temperatures that you should be cooking to, you're going to be fine. You're going to make some really, really good food. Hmm. And so g- jump online. There's all these tips. We have something in our store. Um, it's a little magnet that you can keep um, on your grill hopper. It's called the Meat Smoking Guide. And it just goes all over all the basic meats that you would cook, um, whether it's a pork butt, a pork tenderloin, ribs, brisket, chicken, turkey, or fish, or the ones that are mostly covered on this little guide. And it says, here's the temperature that you should be smoking them. That's your internal pit temperature. Mm-hmm. And then there's your internal meat temperature. Ooh. So if you have chicken, then you know that uh, the USDA minimum is going to be 165 degrees. And, and that's worth noting, safe versus good. Yes. So, yeah. So you don't want to go too low or too long, right? Right, right. And so safe is 165 degrees, according to the USDA yeah, on chicken. Yeah, salmonella and all that stuff if you don't cook it long enough. So, yeah, you don't, okay. you don't want to mess with that. Right. You can't just say, well, I don't want it to be dry, and so let's cook it to, you know, until it's nice and pink and moist. <laughs> For chicken, you, you don't want to... Don't want to mess with that. And so 165, um, a lot of these meats, then you can take off a little bit before the min- the minimum temperature. Because it'll keep going a little, mm-hmm. yeah, especially if you wrap it. Exactly, okay. yeah. But if you had a chicken and you took it off at 160, then 
Um, it, it'll, it would probably reach 165 and it'll be perfectly safe okay. um, when it's done. But anyway, come in and grab a guide or go to the interweb. <laughs> right there's right their the, internet yeah. yeah the internets will tell you everything you need to know <laughs> um but just ask for minimum temperatures or suggested cooking temperatures and it is worth noting that you want to get a good thermometer um that's something i didn't understand when i first started smoking was mm-hmm. uh, you know it's fine i'll cook it to a certain amount of time and but you've got to get a decent thermometer that's going to give you an accurate reading yeah i mean especially i can't think of anywhere i would get one by the way Oh, uh, yeah. I, I wish I knew a place besides the barbecue pit stop that <laughs> oh, offered a great one. That'll do it. And yeah. I can't think of another great place. But <laughs> um, Yeah, so knowing your temperature, once again, your pit temperature is important, but the most important is your internal meat temperature. Yeah. And so if you know what your target is, you're going to make great barbecue. Nice. I mean, even even if you're brisket, if you, you say, all right, well, our target according to our little guide here is actually 195 to 210 and there's a reason that there's a range there um, but if you go to 205 on your brisket you're gonna have a good brisket um, and so you just got to follow a few of the different steps knowing your temps number one tip that we can give anybody no, getting into it temps not to time yeah okay. and you can start to understand the approximate times as you do things more and you can of course there's website help and but uh, don't plan on that as much as your internal temperature. So you can't just say, well, this is going to be done in four hours. And if my temperature is way off too far, too, you know, too far under, then that's not good to just say four hours. But everybody's here, Troy. I have to feed him. I've (laughs) done that one before. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and that's real. And we'll get to that in another tip. But number two tip for the beginner barbecue is to preheat your grill. And so what I mean by that is give your grill plenty of time to get up to temperature. Um, A lot of people, one of the things that just kind of makes the hair stand up on my back, if I'm going to somebody's house, they turn on their barbecue grill and then they immediately throw the hot dogs or whatever it is on the grill at that point. Think, oh, you just kind of ruined it. Yeah. And, and so I'm leaving me, this is how I grew up and every one of these tips, then we were breaking all of them, you know, as, <laughs> as, I, as I grew up. And so here's the things I've learned, but preheat your grill. First reason, um, since your grill won't reach the optimal cooking temperature, your food's going to end up staying, staying on the grill for too long if you throw it on too early. Ah. Okay. So this is going to end up in overcooked and dried results. You don't want that. And so if you throw it on too quick, you're going to char. And, and this is true on a gas grill. This is true on like a charcoal grill. If you're just heating up the charcoals um, on a, a Traeger type of a grill, a pellet cooker, then you're going to have the same issue. Let your grill get there. The, the, the other thing is any of those nice crossed hatch, like the, the look of a nice grilled meat, that won't be there too. You're going to find your grill still. Or your, sorry, your food sticking to your grill mm. um, because it's going to cook onto it as opposed to just sear right on top of it. Great so advice. if you've ever had that where your food's sticking to your grill, sometimes it just wasn't ready to be thrown on in the first place and it should come off a lot easier. And so um, the last thing is if you are not up to full temperature, you're going to have some of that food that stays on your grill. And then the next time you cook, it's just more to clean, which takes us to our tip number three. Ah, tip number three. Keep your grill clean. Oh, that one hurts a little bit, Troy, because I have a problem with that one. (laughs) 
This is a good time to talk about that, Andy. Okay. Is it fun to My clean name your is grill? Andy, and I have a dirty grill. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Andy. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you clean your grill? Well, it's not that I don't clean it. First of all, I, I have a smoker and I clean the insides of it because I've had flame outs before where, you know, the thing, everything catches fire. And okay. So I always clean that. Okay. Uh, but uh, it seems like to me if I just get a, a brush and scrape off the top of the grill, I'm good. And, that's, and that's, that's, that's all I need to do. The good enough. Okay. Yeah, good enough. And I think that's what a lot of, a, a lot of us deal with is, one, it's not fun to clean no, your grill, not, no. especially when you're going to do a deep clean. You're going to end up greasy all over the place, uh -huh. and that's some of the big fear. Um, but, but there's so many reasons to clean your grill. So it depends on the type of grill that you have. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a pellet grill, um, which is going to be your Yoders, your Traegers, um, Camp Chef, and a number of other ones, mm -hmm. then the most important thing to clean on that grill is going to be your um, fire pit, or your fire pot where, right. you, where right. your pellets go into. That's where by your igniter. If you don't clean anything else on your pellet grill, clean your fire pot. And there's a very good reason, folks. Yeah, there's a, uh, yes. <laughs> so we're so we're a service dealer for Traeger, uh -huh. and a lot of people bring in their grills to say, "Now, can you fix this for me?" And I got to tell you that 80% of the issues that we have are just because people aren't maintaining their grills. They're not cleaning out that fire pot in particular. Yeah. What happens is the pellets go down there, and the, the ash hardens over the igniter. And so when new pellets come in, the next time you go to cook, then they're protected from the igniter. So they're not going to ignite. They're just going to feed a bunch of pellets in there. And maybe they catch on fire, but then you have so many pellets in there that you're going to have a roaring fire and it's going to potentially ruin your grill. Yeah, and your 225 is all of a sudden 500 and that's not what you want. Yeah, and it, and it really <laughs> could mess up the internal components of your grill. And so you have to start replacing parts and... And hopefully not the big flame out. If there's other grease that's in there, then it could ignite your grease and you could have just a, a giant flame ball that you're and, trying to manage. And a quick story about that. I had this happen to me with my odor, yeah. Mm. And uh, I was I was sitting there. I had come out to check on it because it was getting too hot. You know, I had my little, little app. And I got within about 10 feet of it and the lid blew open. Now, if you know Yoder's, it's a cast iron lid. It's heavy. And it's a heavy it didn't lid. blow open to stay open, but it blew open for a second. And I learned the hard way that uh, you better clean your grill, especially the interior components. You didn't have to worry about waxing your arms that week. No, so. I did not. I didn't have any eyebrows for a while either. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. There's, there's so many reasons to keep your grill clean. Safety is the first one. Um, keeping your grill at top performance level is, is another one. And so it's going to last longer. Um, and then the last one is at least also be scraping off those grates um, or else maybe your grilled pineapple is going to end up tasting a little bit like, you know, yesterday's grilled salmon or, or whatever yeah. it was there. So yeah. make sure that you're, you're cleaning that. How uh, often, by the way, would you recommend cleaning both the interior components and then the actual, I guess every smoke for the grill part because you want to keep that yeah, clean. Yeah, about the interior part? Scrape off the, the grill. That's, that's an easy thing to do. Just get a nice grill scraper. Um, depending on the type of grill that you have also, then you might need a softer brass brush if you have a porcelain-coated grates. Okay. Um, don't use stainless steel. that will rip those up. Um, but um, So, yeah, at least scrape off the top surface. Clearing the fire pot out, I would do that every other time that you cook. Okay. At least. Does it matter length of time? Like if I do a long smoke, should I go ahead and clean it the next time? Whereas if I do a couple of two or three hour ones, I can get away with not doing it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. 
Yeah, definitely. You'll have more ash and things like that. So you, obviously your fire pot clean the most often. And then just get the rest of the ash. This is for pellet grills. Um, get the rest of the ash. Um, about any time you're cleaning your fire pot, you might as well be in there yeah. um, getting the rest of it. But it's going to result in better tasting food so you're not circulating that ash that's around. If you have a gas grill, then make sure you're doing it it depends on how much you're cooking too. So you could have a lot more grease buildup if you're right. using it three times a week. Um, but you want to make sure that you're cleaning that as often as possible, at least seasonally. I mean, talking about a deep clean where you're degreasing these things oh, okay. at least, uh, you know, three or four times a year, then you're going to make sure you have all the grease. You'll save yourself uh, you know, a lot of heartache in the future. If you can do that simple tip number three. Awesome. On to tip number four, use the right tools. Ooh, okay. Now, tools uh, cost money, and I'm a cheap guy, so <laughs> what can I get away with Try using the right tools? What do you mean? Well, one of my favorite spare time hobbies is carpentry. I like to do a little woodworking. And so what I find is that if I have the right tools when I'm woodworking, mm, yeah. the end result turns better. So if I'm using a sawzall to do a miter saws job, <laughs> then it's not going to work out as well. It's probably going to be dangerous yeah. and it's going to give not great end yeah, results. It's not going to work right. Yeah. It's the exact same thing with, with barbecuing. If you have the right tools, you're going to end up with a better product and it's going to be done more efficiently and you'll end up saving more money on meat and some of those other expenses by making good food as opposed to trying to work around with the stuff that you have. Is there a minimum uh, particular tools? If, if I own a smoker, what should I absolutely have to have? Good question. Um, a lot of it depends on what you like to cook mm -hmm. the most. Um, if, if you're planning on doing pretty much everything, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to be doing my from brisket and, and beef to chicken and fish turkey, and turkey pork, yeah. and pork. Um, then yeah, there's, there's kind of a general tool set that you might want. And I would say, start with knives, well, get yeah. some good knives. Yep. And for me, there's three basic knives that every barbecuer should have. One of them is going to be your trimming knife. That's going to be like a boning knife. Um, it's usually a smaller, about a six inch blade thin. It's easy to work around your piece of meat. If you're finding yourself trimming with like a big butcher's knife I've done that, yeah. or a chef's knife, then you know that it's just hard to work around. Sure. So save yourself the hassle. Get yourself a nice bony knife that you can keep sharp. sharp. Okay. Um, the next one is a slicing knife. Yep. So if you're, if you're planning on doing bigger cuts of meat, then you want a good, like a 12 inch slicing knife. It's going to give you good, easy, even um, slices on your meat. And that may be my very first purchase ever at the barbecue pit stop was a good slicing knife. It's a good knife. slicing yep. knife, yeah. So that's one and two. Number three is a chef's knife. And so that's going to be what it just looks like, what you probably already have um, sitting in your butcher's block right now. Um, but this is going to be for the everything else when you're putting your appetizers together. Sometimes if you're doing like a chicken, then you need something to, to just chop. Yeah. And this is going to be better for, you know, different purposes. So all three of them, have a different, unique purpose. And I would say keep your barbecue knives away from the every other day knives. I've had to do that at my house. I caught, caught my daughter cutting lettuce with it. I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. That's not or what that's carrots, for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep them sharp and keep, and keep them separate. Don't have them in there, like I say, with the other knives just rattling around, losing their edge. Keep them nice, keep them sharp. And so we definitely want some good knives. 
Um, man, there's so many other good ones that we could talk about. Having a great thermometer, like we discussed Very earlier, yeah. is, is crucially important. Um, there's bear paws for shredding pork. Don't use forks anymore. No, um, I, lo I love the bear paws I got at the barbecue pit stop. Use them every time I do a pork shoulder. Absolutely. So come on in. We've got a whole wall of accessories. We'll, we can talk through them. But I want to make sure we get to our last one before we're out of time, which we're yeah. right there. Um, that is to be patient. Ah. Barbecue requires patience. And so don't rush your cooks. Don't, um, don't give yourself too little time and try to time it perfectly. Start it sooner. And then if you need, you can just let your meat rest. And so you're not in a rush right before the people come. Patience is a tough thing, whether you're a parent or a barbecuer. Oh, having absolutely. patience is incredibly important, though. Too. Absolutely. So there's my five tips of the week. Awesome. He's Troy Paul from the Barbecue Pit Stop. Again, right off the uh, boulevard on the north side behind Napa Auto Parts. Everything that you could possibly imagine you would need to barbecue, whether it's grilling or smoking or uh, you got the big green egg thing. I don't even know how to do those things. I know they're pretty complicated. Come on in. We'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and the advice, as always, at the Barbecue Pit Stop is absolutely free. Yeah. Hopefully it's worth a little bit more than that. But yeah, <laughs> at least you come in and get that. Troy, thank you. Great, as always, to talk uh, our one of our favorite topics together. Absolutely. Thank you, Andy. So. That'll do it for the Barbecue HQ Show. I'm Andy Griffin for Troy Paul. We'll wish you a good morning. Hey, call me the meat man. You ought to see me eat now. I'm the meat man.